Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 11 to 1 with Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kings Court. Visit our showrooms or check out our new website gilmores.ie to see the amazing 221 range of Mercedes-Benz cars or our huge selection of used Mercedes-Benz vehicles. Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kings Court. The best in motoring here for you. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. Good morning. WhatsApp and text lines are open if you'd like to get in touch. 086 1800 658. Let's kick things off with Black Eyed Peas. I got a feeling. Good, good night. Uh, that's got the party started. Black Eyed Peas. I got a feeling on LMFM's 11 to 1. Hope you were doing well this Thursday morning. I'm in good form. I'm in good form this morning. And uh, I hope that. Uh, all uh, sort of stars align for tonight for our Euro, Eurovision Song Contest hopeful Brooke Scullion going to be chatting about that later on in the programme um, but more pressing issues on the top of my agenda now today you know we, we it's starting to happen they're taking all the nice things from us they really are yeah. I spotted this this morning and it's a travesty now before my celiac days you know, like when I could pick and choose what I wanted to eat, I was very fond of a lunch deal, you know, just every now and again, not every day, you know, say on a payday Friday or something like that. You'd get a sandwich, some crisps or maybe a bar of chocolate if you fancy it and a drink for about five euro, six euro, something like that. You know, the meal deal. Now it seems the HSE could be making these deals illegal. Illegal. I'm not happy about this now at all. Now, I know there's no gluten-free options at the moment in the meal deal, right? That's besides the point. I just think they're taking things from us that is just, you know, bringing a little bit of joy to our lives. Like the meal deal, you know? I mean, what are what are busy lunchtime, you know, people going to do now? What are busy people at work going to do? They don't have time to be making lunch in the mornings at home, you know? Rush out, get a meal deal. And now, yeah, it's a real shame. We were, it's going to be illegal, apparently, right? But before that happens, I just thought it might be interesting because we love talking about food on this programme. I particularly love talking about food. And I know you do as well. So before they get rid of this, the lunch deal, the lunch meal deal, I'm asking, what was your favourite lunch deal combination? Now, when I could have them before my celiac days, when life was better for me, I'd be straight for the likes of now a chicken and stuffing, you know, Sambo, with a salt and vinegar crisp, 
washed down with a Coke Zero. I know, what's the point of going for the Coke Zero, I hear you ask. But look at, you know, the damage is done, I know. But a Coke Zero, just, I felt a little bit better about myself getting the Coke Zero. <laughs> so that's why I would do that, you know. But you can't beat a nice chicken and stuff and sandwich. Bit of a salt and vinegar crisp thrown in there. And a nice can of Coke Zero. That's my ideal lunchtime meal deal combination. Wondering, are you a fan of the lunch meal deal? Well, they're going to be making these obsolete now, according to a headline I saw today. So I'm wondering, what is your go-to lunch meal deal combination? Are you like me, a bit of a chicken and stuffing, Sambo? Are you like, you know, uh, maybe an egg mayo? Egg mayo, maybe you fancy the chocolate bar instead of the, you know, crisps. I want to know what your lunch meal deal combinations are. Let me know. 086-1800-658 because... You know, it's, they're going to be taking this away from us. It's the simple things in life that they want to take away from us now. I don't know. Anyway, get your answers in. Get your suggestions in on lunch meal deals before they're gone. 86 658 There's Gemma Kennedy, outnumbered on LMFM's 11 to 1. Oh, we're talking food. That's my favourite topic. And a quarter past 11. Sure, why not? Uh, we're talking about this because they're going to be getting rid of the lunch meal deal. I mean... You know, there's only so much people can take, you know, they're taking everything away from us. Now they're taking the lunch meal deal as well. So we're getting in the spirit of this. I'm asking you, you know, what is your favourite lunch meal deal combination? Greg says, Sinead, you can't beat a BLT, tato cheese and onion and a club orange, he says. He's a big fan of the lunch deal. I work in sales. I'm always in and out of the car. And on the days that I'm too lazy to make lunch, I grab an L meal deal. You see, what's Greg going to do now? You know what I mean? He's going to have to be organised now every single morning, isn't he? He won't have time (laughs) in his busy life to be making lunch. Uh, Lorraine says, I used to be a fan of a lunch deal. Uh, When I was working in Dublin, I got them a lot. Now I'm working from home, so I'm more adventurous. I can make an omelette or some soup from home, says Lorraine. Yeah, you see, that's the beauty of being at home as well. But then don't you take kind of ages making your lunch when you're working from home. I find that happens. A message coming in as well just now on 86 658 This sounds now mad. Sinead, a roll stuffed with sausages, lashings of red sauce, hunky dories, cheese and onion and washed down with a can of club orange. That sounds like a hangover cure to me, listener. Thank you so much for that, though. Stuffed with the sausages. Lashings of red sauce. Hunky Dory's cheese and onion in there as well. Love it. Keep those coming in to me. What is your ideal lunch meal deal? You know, the deal where you get the roll or the sandwich with the pack of the crisps or the uh, chocolate and the Coke. And look, don't get me wrong. I know, like, they're, you know, it's not exactly that they're giving you a piece of fruit in this meal deal. I get it. I get the reasons, like, to an extent. But that's all right. You know, if you're getting this every single day, that's an issue. It's not, you know, for the likes of me or you, who's just, you know, getting it every now and again, the lunch deal, you know. But apparently this is going to be made illegal. Keep those coming in to me, 86 658 going to take a quick break and we're back with music from Stuart Agnew. 11 to 1. Getting back to some of your messages very shortly about the lunch meal deals that you can't live without. Keep them coming in on 086-1800-658. First, here's Stuart Agnew. Stuart Agnew there with Candy Floss. Not so much Candy Floss that we're talking about, but lunch deals. We're asking you about your meal deal preferences because apparently these are going to be made illegal. Illegal! 
they're, they're talking about it, you know. So I'm asking you, what's your favourite lunch meal deal combination? Um, Sinead, the chicken fillet roll, cheese and onion crisps, Coke, I know, so unhealthy, says James. That's a classic, isn't it? You know, the, the chicken fillet roll. Um, with just butter maybe or mayonnaise either one is grand a bit of lettuce in there as well maybe you know a little bit of good stuff in there thanks for that uh, also Lisa coming in with this Sinead I'm one of those boring people who just loves ham and cheese sandwich uh, with a cup of tea that's not boring there's nothing you know a classic a classic is a ham and cheese sandwich as well uh, but you can make that kind of any time can't you I think the lunch meal deal needs to be a little bit special um, Kay from Brigham <laughs> says take chunky slices of McCluskey's crusty loaf with cheddar cheese and tato none of that crappy be good sliced pan that you can see through says Kay no see through bread for Kay and Balbriggan thank you so much keep those coming in on 086 1800 658 very shortly, we are going to be talking and putting their focus on the Celiac Society because this week is Celiac Awareness Week and it's all about educating people about celiac disease. And what is really concerning is that apparently people are using food intolerance tests that are out there on the market that are kind of, they're sending false messages to people. People think that they can take these tests and kind of diagnose themselves on various food intolerances, gluten and uh, celiac disease being one of them. This is false. It's not accurate at all. You need to be going to your doctor. You need to be getting a blood test. You need to be going for a scope. Lots of different uh, procedures involved in this. We're going to be chatting to Sarah Kyo. Uh, she's a nutrition and dietitian. Uh, we're going to be chatting to her all about this and the concerns around this very, very shortly. But first, we have time to squeeze this in. We do, yes. Here's Fleetwood Mac. There's Fleetwood Mac with Dreams. Now, this week marks Celiac Awareness Week. It's a week dedicated to raising awareness and educating people around the autoimmune disease that is celiac disease. And uh, as part of all of this, there's an awareness campaign around uh, the diagnosing food intolerance tests that are out there. Apparently, there's an awful lot of people that are using these tests to try and discover whether they have celiac disease or not. And the uh, the results of this is not accurate. So we're going to be chatting to Sarah Kyo. She's dietitian and nutrition expert we'll join her just after these 11 to 1 this week marks Celiac Awareness Week. It's a week dedicated to raising awareness and educating people around this autoimmune disease. And as part of this campaign, the Celiac Society of Ireland has issued a warning over the use of tests that are out there marketed as diagnosing food intolerance. This has emerged because apparently an increasing number of people are using these tests to try and discover whether or not they have celiac disease. So thousands of people could be using the tests and are potentially doing more harm than good because of misleading marketing around all of this. Joining me now to discuss this more is nutritional expert and registered dietitian Sarah Kyo. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. I'm good. Now, I had no idea that this was going on until I got the press release sent to me about from, from the Celiac Society. What is going on and why are these tests a huge cause for concern? So there's lots of issues that can affect people's digestive system and they can be a little bit difficult to work out. Now, registered dietitians are really, really good at working with that. But what's happening is people might go online and often what we see advertised is tests that are marketed as being able to diagnose a food intolerance. And there's a couple of issues with that. I see lots of people having them done. But what we do know from research and science and even from the HPRA talking about it is that these tests cannot actually diagnose food intolerance. And so what we're finding in the celiac society is someone who's having maybe tummy trouble or fatigue or issues like that 
are having these tests done and because they don't tell you if you're celiac or not, if gluten doesn't turn up on this, people think, oh, well, I mustn't be celiac because this test didn't show it up. Or if gluten does show up, instead of getting a proper diagnosis of celiac disease with their doctor and getting the full treatment that they actually need, people end up cutting out a bit of gluten um, rather than being 100% gluten-free and looking at the other sort of nutrition issues that are important. So it's delaying diagnosis in a lot of people or it leads to people thinking they're not celiac at all, so they stop looking. And the problem is that undiagnosed and untreated celiac disease has some really serious long-term consequences. We know that women with undiagnosed celiac disease will have an earlier menopause. We know that they will have more miscarriages. They're more likely to have stillbirth. People will have osteoporosis at a much younger age. And there's also five different cancers that are associated with undiagnosed and untreated celiac disease. So it is important that people get properly tested and properly diagnosed. And I'm going to circle back to some of those again uh, in in a little minute or two, Sarah, because I I definitely don't want to gloss over them. But, you know, for the process of getting a a definitive diagnosis for myself, it started with the GP. Can you go through the sort of proper testing process that, that happens with regards to celiac disease? So the most important thing if you're being tested for celiac disease, you have to be eating gluten. The testing simply doesn't work if you're not eating gluten. Um, So if someone thinks they have anything to do with celiac disease, sometimes the temptation is to sort of cut out gluten and do you feel better? Don't do that. Go straight to your GP. Your GP can do a blood test, which is a screen. And the blood test will indicate if you might have celiac disease. And then for adults, if you're positive on your blood test, your GP will refer you for a biopsy, which is not as scary as it sounds. People often say to you, oh God, that sounds awful. Well, actually, they will sedate you. I've had it myself. I have as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely nothing to be afraid of. Um, So it is the blood test followed by the biopsy, but you must be eating gluten. Even if your blood test is positive, keep eating gluten. And I know that sounds so counterintuitive, but it's important that you're still eating gluten when you have your biopsy because if you stop the gluten your biopsy will likely come back negative and they'll say oh you're not celiac and then you're back to the drawing board. So one big delay we see in people getting diagnosed is that they're not eating gluten um, when they're being tested and that's a big issue. So it starts and end with your GP and then once you're diagnosed you need to see a registered dietitian to get started on what you need to do for treatment. Absolutely and you know look at uh, after you know six years of myself kind of going through this journey you know look it is it's a, it's a process uh, and as you say, the strict gluten-free diet needs to be adhered to. So what are, there, so what are the kind of main symptoms then that people could be experiencing if they ha- have potentially got celiac disease? So like if they're struggling there in silence before they're going to their GP, what could they be suffering with? So there's quite a range. Um, the, the central one tends to focus on the gut, but about 40% of people get either no gut symptoms at all or they're so mild, they don't notice them until they're gone. So, but about 60% of people will have some sort of gut issue. So bloating is very common, constipation, diarrhea, stomach pain. I would see lots and lots of patients at the celiac clinic who would have burping as one of their biggest Ooh. symptoms. Um, passing lots of gas um, at the other end can be a big issue there. So they're kind of, And it's not diarrhea all the time. Um, I'd say fully half of my patients are having diarrhea once every two weeks. Mm. And all they're thinking is, oh, I must have eaten something funny yesterday. They're not connecting it with maybe actually being something like that. So the gut, they're the gut symptoms. Outside of the gut, though, there is a skin rash you can get, which is a really itchy, blistery rash. That's um, the one I got, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. that's a really, really itchy one. That is really tough. It's horrific, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, you know, a dermatologist we had on um, at last year's Awareness Week um, gave a great talk about the skin, and she was saying it's the itchiest rash patients come in with. It's the first thing she thinks. If someone comes in with an itchy rash that they nearly can't sleep with, she's like, oh, all right, celiac. 
Um, so there's the itchy skin rash. You will see people getting repeated mouth ulcers. They mm. might have problems with tooth enamel. So actually dentists are amazing for picking up celiac disease in their patients. Um, but you can also have just really severe tiredness. People who yeah. are just you know, tired all the time is a big part of it. If you've regularly had low iron when you go to the GP, you know, if after two or three tests and actually your iron is low, that should trigger a celiac test. Low vitamin D, low B12 should trigger a celiac test. But also celiac diseases in your family. Um, uh, yes, you have, well, yeah. Yeah, you know, if you have a brother, sister, child, parent with celiac disease, you need to be tested. So, you know, hair loss would be one of the other ones. And in the last 15 years, we're recognising that celiac disease affects the nervous system as well. So we see people getting dizziness, um, pins and needles in their fingers, losing their balance, um, migraine. Uh, about 25% of people with celiac disease have severe headaches, which thankfully go away on the gluten-free diet. So now all of those things can be caused by other things. It doesn't necessarily mean you have celiac disease. But if you're, if you're suffering with migraine, if you're having sort of huge tiredness, brain fog, all of those things, it's a simple blood test your GP can do. So just keep eating your gluten, pop into your GP and get checked. Yeah. And, you know, as, as you say there, you know, a lot of those different symptoms that they can be so debilitating. And this is what people do. They sort of ignore them as well. And like what food then can I mean, like most common things that people will think of is things like bread and things. But what what are the food? food groups that, you know, people could be eating that has lots of gluten in them. To be honest, gluten can turn up everywhere. Everywhere, that's yeah. People, yeah <laughs> that's why people need to see their dietitian. So, I mean, the obvious ones are things like bread and biscuits and cakes and pasta because you know they're wheat. But there's also rye and barley and what we call ordinary oats. Um, oats themselves don't have any gluten, but they are very contaminated with gluten. Um, so they would be an issue. So what we'd see is that people find it easy to kind of go on to gluten-free bread or go on to gluten-free pasta. The big difficulty is that lots of foods will be in contact with gluten or have gluten as a little bit of an ingredient. So people need to look more detailed. So it can be in stock cubes, it can be in ketchup, it can be in mayonnaise. We see it in dried herbs. Um, you'll find it in, you know, sometimes in things like flavoured yogurts. So it can just be in millions of things. And because it's so complicated, the Celiac Society now have, well, we've always done a food list. Yeah. So we contact manufacturers every year and we find out not only what the ingredients are, but what's on site, what's in contact. Can we definitely say there's no gluten in this? We put that into the book that we've done every year. We now have our app, which has over 10,000 foods in it. It's fantastic. The app is a life yeah. changer. Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it? We were so lucky to get the funding for that finally there and have it out. And it has just been a game changer for people. It is, and, you know, we'd always say to people, if this food's not on the app that you want um, us to add, get in touch. We will look at it. The other thing issue then is cooking your food and preparing yes. your food because you might have a lovely gluten-free food but if it touches gluten somewhere in the preparation it's an issue so actually as part of Celiac Awareness Week our chef Francis Buckley is going to be on a webinar tonight showing people how to set up their kitchen Oh very um, handy yes. avoid, Yeah so people can register for free for that at celiac.ie and that's a brilliant one because I think that's the one a lot of people miss um, and not just people with celiac disease but if you're cooking for someone with celiac yeah. disease or you have a friend who's celiac it's to understand you can't put gluten-free sausages on the same tray ordinary sausages. No, so you have, you know, things like we have even in our house separate toasters, separate butters, separate uh, chopping boards for preparing things. So sometimes, like for the family meal, sometimes it's easier for us just all to be gluten-free for that meal. But the other thing as well to kind of remember as well, Sarah, like for people that are not celiac, going on a gluten-free diet is just as bad as people who are ignoring symptoms of celiac disease, yes? It's you know, if you're on a gluten-free diet, it's not actually bad for you. It's unnecessary and yeah. it can be more expensive. And that's kind of the issue with it. But it's not actually sort of bad for you as such. So um, so it's, it's quite common. And, and you know, what you're saying is quite common for a lot of people that you actually have 
um, the whole family having a gluten-free meal because it's just easier to actually do it that way and to have it ready for everybody in that way. So that works really, really well. Um, and there's no problem to do it. But as I said, if you're not celiac, there's absolutely, or you know, you can have celiac disease or you can have non-celiac gluten intolerance and they're both both conditions where people need to avoid gluten. Um, but if you don't have it, there's no advantage at all. There was a, a sort of a thing going around a few years ago that yeah. everybody was celiac or everybody was gluten intolerant and not at all. Um, but there's no, there's no harm to do it, but there's no actual benefit. Okay, that's, um, that's good that you've cleared yeah. that up. And just to kind of reiterate, just before we finish up, because I don't, I don't want to gloss over them, just you did mention there for things that, for th- this is one of those autoimmune diseases that goes undiagnosed a lot, particularly in Ireland. T- go talk us through the dangers there and the damage that could be causing people that remain kind of undiagnosed, people who are ignoring symptoms. So the big problem we have is that 75% of people with celiac disease are not diagnosed and don't know that that's what's wrong with them. So we see later puberty in boys and girls, girls having later periods, for example. We see, as I said, the fertility is huge for men and women. So becoming pregnant is really quite significantly affected in a lot of people with undiagnosed celiac disease. Um, Then what we'd have lots of members who've had repeated miscarriages. We've had members who've had a stillbirth. Um, which is just devastating. Mm. And to think that a diagnosis and a gluten-free diet, um, you know, could actually stop that. And it does. You know, yeah. once, the, once a woman is on her strict gluten-free diet, um, the risk of miscarriage is exactly the same as for everybody else. Um, we see osteoporosis, which is not a minor disease. People often think, oh, so watch break a bone. It's actually quite significant um, and really impacts quality of life for a lot of people. And we see that turning up in people even in their 30s and 40s, which it shouldn't. Um, and as I said, there's about five different kinds of cancer that we know are associated with celiac disease. But again, once someone is on their gluten-free diet, their risk drops to being the same as everybody else. You know, but even just day to day in children, when we see them diagnosed, they do better in school. Yeah. They're happier. They're out with their friends. It's just a difference in mood in children. It's just incredible when we pick it up. So, you know, we're delighted to be able to raise awareness of celiac disease, get people thinking about it, getting people properly tested. And then once they are diagnosed, go and see your registered dietitian. Absolutely. And I can completely confirm that, you know, my own child, that's where our kind of journey with celiac disease started was with my daughter. She never flourished or grew very well as a child. And once she went on the diet, my God, the difference. And as you say, headaches stopped, a lot of different things with her. She completely changed. So, so, so important. Sarah, thank you so, so much for taking us through all of that and for joining us today. Thanks very much. Thanks a million. Sarah Kyo, dietitian and nutrition expert. Please just think about what we are saying here. If you want more information on this, celiac.ie and also, as Sarah was mentioning there, the free class there with the chef uh, to kind of, if you're working with uh, or if you have somebody in your house that has um, celiac disease or maybe you're working in a restaurant and you want to kind of be better versed on kind of how to prepare the kitchen, that's on uh, the tonight online. So celiac.ie for all of that information. 11 to 1. Getting back to some of your messages very shortly but first it's time to go back in time and one of the greatest movies of all time was released on this day LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of Call 0818 777 On this day in 1994 Pulp Fiction directed by Quentin Tarantino starring John Travolta Uma Thurman Samuel L. Jackson that premiered at the Cannes Film Festival and it picked up the Palm Door which is the top award at that festival Found a little bit of trivia on this apparently many uh, great actors were considered for the role of Vincent Vincent 
Vega, which eventually went to John Travolta. Apparently, Quentin Tarantino had written the part for Michael Madsen, but he turned it down. But there were other talents who were interested, such as Daniel Day-Lewis. However, Tarantino was adamant about casting Travolta. There you go. And today is International Day of the Nurse, a day to thank nurses around the world for all of their incredible work and achievements. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drogheda and Dundalk showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. Earlier in the programme, I mentioned the fact that the HSC are going to be doing away with the lunch meal deals. This is all to do with obesity issues in this country and the fact that a lot of these lunch meal deals have, you know, crisps and chocolate and stuff as part of it. And I just got thinking, you know, like lunch meal deal when you're having it every now and again, it's grand. You know what I mean? Uh, somebody on here in 0861800658, this is from Marion. She says, if that's the case, what about, you know, Burger King and McDonald's and all those things, you know? Well, this is, yeah, I see the point there as well. Um, we're asking as well, what is your favourite lunch meal deal combination? Uh, this is coming in from uh, Paul in Delik. Sinead, crispy roll with hash brown, cheese and brown sauce. King uh, cheese and onion and a can of Sprite. Lovely jubbly, he says. Oh, controversial king crisps and not the tato crisps. OK, whatever floats your boat. Um, also, uh, this is coming in on message from Alfie uh, they can ban whatever they want there's so many ways around it hot chicken roll with mixed salad cheese uh, awestruck chilli sauce okay Fanta cheese and onion chips uh, crisps heaven the awestruck chilli sauce I haven't heard that one now that's very good. Thank you so much for letting letting us know your favourite uh, lunch meal deals. Keep those coming into us. We are approaching 12 news. After that, I have my top three television recommendations and we'll also have more vet ad, uh, pet advice from our vet, Hazel Mullins. That's all to come. 11 to 1. On air, online, on your smart speaker, this is LMFM, George Ezra and Shotgun kicking off our second hour. Sinead Brazel here with you till one. And already people are getting in touch with uh, messages about um, TV recommendations. We are going to be talking about TV recommendations. I have three great recommendations for you over the uh, the next little while on the programme. Um, and thank you so much for getting in touch. We will get to those messages. It seems though, you know, uh, whatever's happening on the television, it seems that a lot of people are glued to this as well. It is the trial of uh, the the moment that's happening at the moment. It is the Wagatha Christie trial. You might recall this. We were talking about this. Oh, it must have been a couple, was it a couple of years, a year or two ago at this stage with Colleen Rooley and Rebecca Vardy. So it's the Wagatha Christie as they're calling it. Um, that trial kicked off this week and um, according to the, the recent updates on this, Rebecca Vardy uh, has now denied that she's uh, being prepared to lie under oath when she said conversations with her agent about leaking information and receiving payment were never serious. Uh, this is in the High Court in London. So she is giving evidence. This is, uh, I think it's the must be the fourth day now of this Wagga the Christie libel trial. Uh, I think either yesterday or today was the last day that she's given evidence. But anyway, she was on the stand being quizzed about all of this. And uh, people might remember, so Colleen Rooney kind of became a sleuth with regards to all of this. So she was saying that people were, you know, leaking false stories and things about her. And so she decided to set up a different Instagram account to try and catch out who it was. So she created some fake stories. And then these stories ended up in the press and she discovered, well, she claims... It was Rebecca Vardy. So then this whole big case, I mean, like, it's just 
they, they must have plenty of money. That's the first thing, isn't it? They're, f- they're flinging money left, right and centre at this case. It's costing like something like two million or something ridiculous at this stage. But it's going on. It's going on at the moment. Um, and uh, apparently uh, Rebecca Vardy has said that, you know, she had, I don't know, said a joke or something to her agent. Uh, so they, they, the court had heard that um, uh, Rebecca Vardy told her agent she wanted paying for information about a, a specific story um, to do with a, a, a guy, a Chelsea player at the time. Uh, but uh, she said that she was joking with regards to all this. It's all coming out in the wash anyway, this Wag of the Christie trial. I don't know. It's like car crash stuff. You know, we'd be wanting reality TV this, you know, it's happening in the courts in London, you know, all this sort of stuff. But anyway, the wag of the Christie's trial between Rebecca Verdi and Colleen Rooney continues. I mean, is there going to be a winner? Like, is there really any winner in this scenario? I, I don't know how these cases really work. They're kind of tricky, I would imagine, these libel cases. But there you go. It is ongoing at the moment. Now it's time to check in and see what else is happening in the world of celebrity. <laughs> The Buzz on LMFM. With thanks to the LMFM app. Download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go. Hi, I'm Louise. Chriselle Staus has had to come onto Instagram to explain her sexuality. Fans were confused when she had been married to Justin Hartley, then was dating Selling Sunset boss Jason Oppenheim before they broke up. And then she recently started dating rapper G Flip, who identifies as non-binary. She says she's attracted to masculine energy and doesn't really care what the physical form is. I think it's an act of love to, you know, understand that if it's not something that you know of of keeping that curiosity about life and evolving forward. TV chef Monica Galletti says she's had to step back from MasterChef for her own mental health. The 46-year-old says something had to give, admitting she couldn't manage the balancing act between working on the show, running her restaurant and finding time for family. She announced her departure in April and will be replaced by Irish chef Anna Haw in the next series. Five Seconds of Summer have announced a release date for their next album and gave us a new tune to go with it. Their fifth album, 5SOS5, will drop on September 23rd and the track is called Me, Myself and I. Have a listen. That's The Buzz. I'm Louise. The Buzz on LMFM. With thanks to the LMFM app. Download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go. There's Heart on LMFM's 11 to 1 with Alone. Now we are going to be joined very shortly by our vet Hazel Mullins. And if you are heading abroad this year to anywhere in Europe or the UK, we have some travel information. If you're travelling with your pet abroad this summer, Hazel has all of the details. Next. The LMFM Vets and Their Pet Series. Brought to you by Highfield Veterinary Navin. Watch out for their new state-of-the-art pet hospital. Opening soon in Beachmount Home Park Navin. For appointments, call 046 9022 It's time to return to our regular vets and their pet series in association with Highfield Veterinary Clinic Beachmount Home Park in Navin. And we have our vet Hazel Mullins on the line again. And this week, our focus is on travelling with your pets to the UK and Europe. How are you doing, Hazel? I'm great, Sinead. How are you? Great to have you back. And we are dreaming of our summer holidays. We really are. I know. <laughs> at this stage. It's the, it's the first week of May and we can all feel the summer in the air. Oh, so, we can. Yeah. We can. I thought it was an inch, I thought it was a topical 
thing to talk about this week. Oh, a perfect one to talk about. And, you know, is I'm wondering, is it common? Do people bring their pets with them on holidays? Maybe particularly if they're going away for some time. Would you find that happening? Yeah, I think um, a lot of people maybe that might have family in other countries and especially like to the UK, you know, a lot of people might go to bring the dog with them maybe on a on a on a more, you know, driving holiday or one of these kind of, you know, camping holidays. And yeah, no, we would get a lot of people in um, to the vets that are looking to sort their passports out before going abroad. And yeah, sometimes it's for relocation purposes. And then sometimes it's literally just for for the holiday and and bringing them back again in, in a few weeks time. But look, they're part of the family, our pets. Yeah. And it's it's sometimes hard to... I heard a, an art, a thing on the radio the other day about how it's hard to get kennel placements for oh, yeah. for dogs um, this this you know this year because everyone is going abroad now and um, yeah so look it's 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 an interesting topic to talk about because maybe people don't know that there is a little bit involved in it if, even if they just want to pop over to the UK yeah absolutely so you mentioned passports then maybe talk us through that part of it first so what wh- what's involved here how does one get a pet passport. So basically you ring up the vet and you make an appointment, um, you make your first appointment really to have your pet passport. So your pet has to be over um, uh, 12 weeks of age and um, then because they need to get a a rabies vaccine. So um, the rabies vaccine needs to be given to the dog um, three weeks before you plan on travelling and that's a non-negotiable, that has to be in three weeks before to allow the vaccine to work mm-hmm. and obviously you know to protect the dog in in case you know i know i know there's no rabies in the uk presently but if they were to travel on further it's just to make sure that we're we're making sure that that biosecurity is in place when we are traveling with our pets so that's a big the three weeks so if you are going on holidays in a month's time six weeks time now is the time to really book in for your pet passport um, they also need to be microchipped before they get the vaccine. So, look, a lot of dogs are microchipped already, so that yeah. shouldn't be a big issue. But if your dog isn't for any reason, that's another thing that they must get done. And then also, um, so before, um, you must just check with your entry points. In. So it's more coming back into the into Ireland after you travel to the UK that there's an added thing now, since added step. Since January um, this year, 2021, um, you now need to get um, a wormer for echinococcus, um, so that's a tapeworm, uh, one to five days before returning to the to Ireland from the UK. So that's an added um, step now that wasn't there last year, but is there this year. Okay, so people would what have to get that when they're in the UK before they come in back? In the UK. So okay. yeah, you will have to actually ring a vet in the UK and get them to give the tablet under supervision and then um, you'll be able to come back into Ireland. So people mightn't be aware of that because actually the rules haven't changed for going to the UK. It's still the three weeks rabies vaccine um, plus your pet passport with all your details in it and your microchip details. But yeah, there is an extra step now if you want to come back into Ireland. And uh, what animals are actually permitted to go into European countries and the UK then, Hazel? Well, I suppose we would work mostly with with dogs and um, and I suppose there's the cats element as well. But to be honest, there's there's such a long list of you know different protocols for different mm. animals that really looking up, um, you know, your Department of Agriculture website and looking up as well. Maybe if you're going to France or Spain or any of these other countries, they all have maybe just slightly different um, 
protocols as well. So it's making sure that you're just ticking off all the boxes and, you know, your vet can help you with that as well. So if you want to ring up your vet and say, look, this is the country that I'm going to, or maybe you're moving to a, a different country, there might be other steps involved. Um, but look, if you're bringing your dog to the UK, it is it is an easy thing to do. It's just ring up ring up your vet. But then you must remember that you, you'll have to find a vet in the UK to come back. To come back. That's crucial. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is there anything then pet owners can do to make sure that the journey is as stress-free as possible, Hazel? Because I'd be just thinking of poor dogs and cats on planes and <laughs> trains and automobiles. God, only knows what they'd be on. Yeah. So, like, you know, I suppose a lot of what we're, we're talking about maybe would be ferry travel. And um, generally, you, you the, the dog has to go into a separate area. Um, on that ferry and yeah look there is you know I suppose travel medication and, and things like that are anxiolytic that you know that reduces anxiety but a lot of uh, dogs cope with it just fine and um, you know these boats are well used to having animals on them as well so the, and the people on board as well you know ferries have been taking animals over to the UK um, and, and further afield for, for a long time so there's a lot of, lot of um, things already in place now, when you are coming back um, into Ireland, you do have to let the let the port know or the you know the airport know that you are coming back. So there's just um, uh, you know a requirement there to 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 let let people know that there is an animal coming back because obviously the, there is in, inspections at, yes. at ports as well to make sure that the animals have their passports, have the right vaccines, and then if you're coming back into Ireland now with your dog, that they have their tapeworm um, um, tablet as well on board. So. Yeah, like, and the um, I suppose just making sure that they have a nice, nice travel crate and have lots of, you know, if they've got nice toys and things, anything to make them feel like they're they're at home. And um, you know, then if you're if you're in the car going to the UK on the ferry, they're back in the car with you then after after the journey. And um, you know, a lot of dogs do do cope with it just fine. But there is, if you do feel your your dog will get very anxious. There is there is medications available, but you have to talk to your vet about it. Okie dokie. And, mm-hmm. you know, we had we touched on a couple of them there uh, in terms of the vaccinations, the rabies, we've talked about the worm dose. Is there any other ones that they need as well? Now, it's not by, it's not a legal requirement, but I would really highly recommend, I know I talked about it two weeks ago with you, um, Sinead, is ticks. So oh, making yes, sure yes. that their tick treatment is up to date because, even the UK has ticks that we don't have. So um, making sure that if a tick that's, um, that bites your dog is not coming back on the plane or on the, on the ferry with your dog and making sure that because they have, different, they have different types of ticks and they have different diseases as well that's transmitted by those ticks. So just making sure tick treatment is up to date also. Fantastic. Is there anything else then, Hazel, you'd like to let people know about before they head off? Um, no, I think just enjoy the holidays and making sure just to have all your all your information uh, received from your department website and making sure that you're ticking all the boxes um, for wherever you're going on your holidays. Absolutely. And, and then once you've all that done, sit back, relax, get ready for the holiday, as you say. Hazel, as always, thank you so, so much for all of that great advice. No problem at all, Sinead. Thanks again. Highfield.ie if you want more information. If you want to ask Hazel a question, we can get to that on next week's slot. So if you have a question for her, info at lmfm.ie is the best way to get in touch with us. Now I'm going to take a quick break. We're back with music from Smiles and I have my top three TV recommendations. 11 to 1.
A show where people bake cake that looks like everyday items. Another of Sally Rooney's novels adapted for TV. And the Eurovision contest. All coming up in top TV recommendations. Now we're getting talking about television. And I had a message in on 086-1800-658 saying, Sinead, Sally Rooney is a genius. Normal People was my find of the pandemic and now absolutely loving conversations with friends. She sure knows how to weave a story. Well, this is my number one on my recommendations this list uh, th- list this week because this is the buzz now around uh, Sally Rooney and after the hugely successful Normal People comes conversations with friends so this is gearing up for its hotly anticipated release so it's going to be uh, over six weeks uh, it's going to be aired it's going to air on a Wednesday night on RTE1 and also I think it's on BBC as well but it's uh, RTE1 Wednesday coming okay and uh, this is the latest adaptation of Sally Rooney's writing and um, you know Normal People was massively successful and judging from early reviews of this this seems to be following hot on its heels so it follows 21 year old Dublin based college student Frances who along with her friend Bobby becomes involved in the life of a married couple called Melissa and Nick Frances grows closer to Nick and Bobby gets closer to Melissa causing tensions and taking audiences on a journey of lust and heartbreak and I would say there's plenty of heartbreak and lust judging from Sally Rooney's uh, previous series um, Frances is played by Alison Oliver she's an emerging talent from Lear Academy in Dublin this is going to be one of her first on-screen roles and people are raving about her she looks incredible in this Um 26-year-old Sasha Lane plays Bobby. She is, uh, Marvel fans will know her. She was in uh, the Disney Plus series Loki. Uh, She also appeared in American Honey alongside Shia LaBeouf as well in 2016. And then Joe Alwyn, he is um, actually dating Taylor Swift uh, and he's apparently co-written some of her songs. He's going to be portraying Nick. Uh, So it's coming to BBC Three on Sunday and then to RTE One on Wednesday, May 18th. So look out for that one. It's Conversations with Friends. Now, just for my little bizarre one in the middle, this is brilliant. This is like now, if you want, like if you're a fan of reality TV and if you're a fan of The Great British Bake Off, you're going to love this, okay? This is an absolute zany television show, okay? It's a game show. It's so bizarre. It's called Is It Cake? Okay, this popped up on Netflix for me and I was like, what is this? So... You might have scrolled through social media and seen somebody slicing through a handbag and then it's revealed that in fact it's not a handbag, it's a Victorian sponge, right? So this is like... Taking that idea to the extreme, I have a little uh, taster of the trailer for you here, just to get you give you a little gist of this. It's called "Is It Cake?" This is a bowling ball, and this is a cake. What? The show is insane. You are all here because you are all talented at making cakes that look like everyday objects. Oh, that is cake. And now that incredibly specific skill. Wow. wow. Can earn you thousands of dollars. Wow. Whoa. Exceptional. I get to ask the best question ever. Is it cake? I have won a lot of cake competitions and I always like to win. What I do is the weirdest thing in the world. Like there are people saving lives and I am making cake look like other things. <laughs> It's brilliant. Like there's rubber ducks, there's burgers, there's shoes, there's, you know, stacks of those red plastic cups and you're going, there's no way, there's no way this is cake. And then they slice into it and it's just... (laughs) It's absolutely brilliant. So they put up the everyday items and then the the panel has to guess which is the cake and which is not. 
the cake. Look, if you want a bit of nonsense, is it cake? I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix at the moment. You can check it out. Now, I have to mention this today because tonight is the night uh, Derry Girl Brooke Scullion's bid for Eurovision Glory starts with a performance of That's Rich in uh, the second semi-final of the competition live from Turin in Italy. That is tonight from 8 to 10.15. Can she do it? Well, do you know what? She has uh, been in uh, the media saying, do you know what? She's just, she's bracing herself for the voting, but she's just going to go out there and perform and just love it and just, you know, enjoy the whole experience. So she says... um. Her two grannies have uh, flown into Turin to cheer her on. She's had plenty of support from former Irish Euro stars, including Dana, Rhino Shocknessy, many, many others. And of course, her former Voice UK mentor, Megan Trainer, is cheering her on as well. We're all rooting for her. It's only right that I play the fantastic song. Here she is, Brooke Scullion. that is our Eurovision entry can she do it listen I'm just after finding out that there's a song called Give That Wolf a Banana from Norway I mean seriously come on now <laughs> she has to she has to at least beat them guys I think they were on a couple of nights ago maybe but uh, yeah she's on tonight and um, I'm hoping I'm hoping that we can at least qualify do you know what I mean for Saturday night I think it's a great song wishing her all the very best in the Eurovision tonight now um, we are going to have a quick break and we're back with Westlife 11 to 1 how would you like to get your hands on 5,400 euro oh yeah I'm going to tell you all about how you can get your hands on that jackpot. It's our bingo jackpot. After some more music, here's Westlife. There's Westlife with Uptown Girl and LMFM's 11 to 1. 5,400 euro. Oh, that sounds really nice. Imagine that landing in your bank account. 5,400 euro. Oh, that'd be nice. Well, next week's jackpot is just that in LMFM's Radio Bingo. Are you playing it yet? I mean, you know, you should be at this stage. You can buy your book for next week's game online or throughout outlets uh, in the Northeast. Uh, you can check it out, lmfm.ie. Okay, that is the place where you'll get all the information. I want to say congratulations to recent winners, Mary Kearney, she's from Stabann in County Laid, and Marie Kelly from Dunlear County Laid. They won 600 euro. Not bad either. 600 yo-yos. That's quite nice. That'll go into the holiday fund now, won't it? Yeah, that's what I'd do with that now. The 5,400 euro, 100% straight off on a really nice holiday. That's what I'd do, that money. That could be yours. That's next week's LMFM Radio Bingo. So check it out, lmfm.ie for more details. That is our lot on the show for today. Thank you to everybody who contributed. Thank you so much for all of your messages. I'm going to leave you in the company of Seal. Have a great day. 11 to 1. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.